feel that you may have a focus on or a desire to, to, to work in or you know make as your career or life goal, be sure to have something else that brings you joy, something else that, um, that you have a part in creating for yourself. Hello, and welcome to Agnes Scott College's podcast, Journeys to Leadership, where we explore the paths of inspiring women leaders from around the globe. I'm Leo Kadiazak, president of Agnes Scott, and the host of this podcast. I hope that our guest stories not only encourage you, our listeners and leaders of today and tomorrow, but they also inspire you as you take the next steps in your own journey. Today's guest is a Tony Award-nominated and award-winning actress with a gift for dramatic storytelling and soaring vocal prowess. She is an Atlanta native known for her incredible breath and versatility and has had numerous projects showcasing her talent on the stage and television and in film. She currently stars in the ABC reboot of the classic 1980s family comedy, The Wonder Years, as Lillian Williams, the sharp and confident mother to the young protagonist, Dean. She was also recently seen as Irma Franklin, sister of Aretha Franklin, and the biopic Respect. Sakon has appeared in numerous shows on network television, including Delilah on the OWN Network, the CW series In the Dark, and she reoccurred as the FBI director, Angela Webster, in ABC's drama Scandal. Having started her career on stage, Sembla has since appeared in nearly a dozen Broadway productions. She starred opposite Lupita Nyong'o in Eclipsed, earning Sembla a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Featured Actress in a Play, an Obie Award, and a Tony Award nomination for her performance. She holds the distinction of being the first Black woman to perform the role of Elphaba in Wicked on Broadway. Sembla continues to use her platform and talents to raise awareness for causes and organizations that support the growth of Liberia. She serves on the board of the Monrovia Football Academy, the first school in Liberia to combine formal education with the development of careers in professional soccer. Her determination and dedication to her craft have led her down a successful road throughout her career on screen and on the stage. Our guest is a powerhouse leader in the entertainment industry, and she is just getting started. Please join me in welcoming Sekhan Sembla. Thank you so much for having me. I am absolutely delighted to be here. I'm so happy it worked out. <laughs> we are too. Well, as you know, our show uh, is about leadership that doesn't just happen. It's a journey. During our time together today, we want to explore your journey. The ups, the downs, the surprises, all of it. Well, at least as much as we can fit into the segment. So let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up and what was that like? Yes, um, I am a Georgia girl. Um, I grew up here in Georgia. I was born in Atlanta. I grew up in, I guess it was unincorporated College Park at the time. Now it's the city of South Fulton. And um I had a, a great childhood. My mom's American. My dad uh, was from West Africa. And um, I always enjoyed music and culture growing up. So that explains a little bit of the entertainment. Did you know you wanted to be an entertainer? 
You know, um, when I was a kid, I always loved um, my favorite, who's she's making a resurgence right now, is Janet Jackson. I loved Janet Jackson. And also um, aging myself, I remember when we got our first VCR. <laughs> and um, this was years later. Uh, my, my stepdad at the time got us a VCR. And we had this one VHS tape and it was a movie starring Sophia Loren and she was so beautiful running up and down the hills of Italy with her exotic uh, makeup with the eyeliner and I just thought she was so amazing and I was like I want to do that and I think something about uh, the movies always struck me um, Indiana Jones and uh, just all the excitement of going to the movies the air conditioning the popcorn I just, I, I enjoyed watching the stories and looking into the eyes of the heroines, you know, as I watched movies. And so I always wanted to be a part of movies. But my mom, she started me off with um, uh, tap and ballet, you know, the sort of and cheerleading, those things that a lot of um, young kids do, young girls do, uh, little league, that sort of thing. And I eventually had an opportunity um, once I got into high school to really, uh, start to do chorus. So I, I think I, I definitely started more focused on singing. I let the dancing go and I really was focused on singing. I think acting was my first love, but singing gave me an entree into the entertainment world. So what did your family think about this? Did they encourage you? Clearly you started with the tap and the dance, but did they encourage this dream of yours of movies when you were young? You know, at the time, nobody knew that this was my dream. It was my own little secret dream. I'd dance in the basement and try to recreate uh, Janet Jackson music videos and try to recreate Missy Elliott. I always wanted to be an actress, but I thought that I would more likely be a pop star. And it wasn't until I got into um, high school and uh, working also with the Freddie Hendricks Youth Ensemble of Atlanta that I discovered uh, musical theater, which combined the acting and the singing together. And with that, um, just singing in the chorus, I think that's when my family and, and friends started to see that, that I had a talent and that it was something that, that, uh, that I could do. I don't think I seriously thought about pursuing it. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth when I think about how, how that all came to be as far as pursuing um, it professionally versus it being something that I did, you know, uh, for fun. I guess uh, by the time I got into the Freddie Hendricks Youth Ensemble of Atlanta and I was attending Tri-Cities High School um, and Magnet Program for Visual and Performing Arts, I really started to think, man, I, I was I was so good. I was I was having all these great opportunities, having great roles in some of the plays and and musicals, and we were doing theater competitions and the the kids around me everybody we were so serious and i think yeah later yeah high school later in high school is when i started to think man maybe this is something i could do you know up until then you always were told you know you should have something to fall back on you know um and so i was i loved languages and so when i came to agnes scott i thought oh i'll take spanish and then maybe i'll um get Japanese and be an interpreter or something. I didn't realize that my my uh, talents in performing would, would uh, continue and take me so far. 
Well, we're absolutely thrilled that you came to Agnes Scott College. And at the same time, you found your talent. You began your career at a very young age. What gave you the courage to step out and pursue that career? I was really inspired by my teacher, Freddie Hendricks. Um, he helped to bring out a lot when I was in the theater uh, group, the Youth Ensemble Atlanta. We we had this great opportunity to to be so close to Agnes Scott. We worked out of Seven Stages Theater. Um, and so while I was in school, a lot of people would do like side jobs. I had a side job. I think I worked at the gym <laughs> at one point at Agnes Scott. You know, you have your, sometimes you take your uh, school jobs. And then also um, I would do my work and then I would go over to the, the theater um, and I was also taking some uh, theater classes at Agnes Scott as well and voice lessons uh, with, with Don Marie James at the time. And um, I felt encouraged by everyone around me. Well, I love to hear that. I love to hear about the encouragement of teachers, faculty, and also the influence of having filming on campus. We're doing a lot of that right now, so we're delighted to be able to expose our students to what happens in the production, as well as you know, famous people like you, so this is fantastic. You know, the very first movie I, I was ever in was filmed on Agnes Scott College campus. It was um, Scream. Years ago, I just saw it. The I just saw it about a week ago. Yes, that's Scream. fantastic. I'll have to look for you. Yeah, I think it was. Well, I didn't really. I didn't have any lines. <laughs> I was playing a student just in the background. I remember I had a pink sweater. It was either Scream or Scream the second one. Scream two. Scream two. Scream two. Yeah, they filmed it on Agnes Scott, and eventually I I uh, I was able to get a movie um, in North Carolina. They filmed a lot of movies in North Carolina at that time. And uh, they still do now, actually. I recently filmed a, a TV show there. As you look back, are there things you wish you had done differently or that you would advise people to do as they're beginning to make that transition into their career in entertainment? I, I always say, say advice for theater nerds because I was a serious theater nerd. All I did was eat, sleep, and drink um, theater performing and all of that. Um, I say you have to uh, make sure that you make a little uh, time for your social life. Um, I I was just so dedicated to my studies and dedicated to uh, training and my talent that I think socially I could have gotten in the mix a little bit more in the city, um, going out, uh, maybe meeting boys. I think I should have done that a little bit more. <laughs> that's my <laughs> I love that. That's my one regret. I always say you'll you'll never be around this many um, people in your same age range again. Um, you know, so you really have to take advantage of that time uh, during college. Well, we are um, we are delighted that you are here at Agnes Scott, and I want to know as you moved along. You know, what was your experience being a black woman in the entertainment industry? I've had some great experiences as a black woman um, in the entertainment industry, but I've also um, been a witness to the limitations that some might put. Um, you know, in this current era, there are a lot more shows, programs, um, avenues for people like myself to perform, to um, have an opportunity to, uh, you know, be seen and, and, and to act. But I will say that at times there are, there can be limitations financially 
uh, we may recall the lawsuit that was um, brought up by the comedian uh, Monique uh, because she was an Oscar award winner and was, was I guess, offered a, a contract that was substantially lower than her um, male counterparts and even non-black counterparts as well. And so um, that's not something that's new. That's something that um, happens quite often. Um, and so financially speaking, even when you're having great opportunities, you may not be paid on par with your uh, contemporaries. Well, I hope this is something that we all can work to change in the future for women, for black women. I know it's something at Agnes Scott, we're here to support um, you and others in the industry. So, um, you know, let us know what we can do to help as well in that regard. Absolutely. Honestly, I think it would be a goal of mine for women in all industries, entertainment, science, uh, medicine, the arts, whatever um, industry that we all, that we are paid properly for our work and for our time. Here, here. Following up a little bit on the entertainment industry, you know, clearly in many jobs, people do a good job and they get promoted. In the entertainment industry, you have to audition, 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 and you may get a yes, you may get a no. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what happens when you get the no, and tell us about the yeses. How do you stay balanced? Well, that's a great question. I think, um, especially for people who are thinking or considering about entering uh, into the entertainment industry or being a part of the arts um, in general, uh, or even sports, because I, I consider sports and entertainment to be, um, you know, hand in hand. There, there are a lot of interactions you're having with people where you are in a position where you're trying out or auditioning or, or interviewing. I'd say the average person, when they are um, interviewing for a career choice or a job, you know, they may do that every five years or every 10 years if they, as they move or change up the ranks. But as an entertainer, um, if you're auditioning as an actress or actor, as you're auditioning for movies or TV or plays or musical, it's, it's a constant, uh, constant thing. And so, you know, when people see you have success, they see you on a show, they see you on TV, they see you doing something, they think, oh man, you just get every part. But there are a lot of no's, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I would say uh, 80 to 90% of my auditions that I make are no, I don't get the part most of the time. It's the times that I do get the part that are still exciting. Um, having a chance to be in 10 uh, Broadway productions and tours and being on uh, television commercials and doing uh, voiceovers for audio games and being a part of um, television shows and small movies, you know, has been a joy of mine. And every time I got a part, it was very meaningful. And I will say there are times that you get offered a role and you have to say no um, because the parameters around the role aren't quite what you thought they would be. Perhaps the pay is not what you thought, the dates have changed, the the timeline has changed, um, what's required in the role has changed. You know, I've had, I was offered a part last year um, that required a lot of nudity. And though I don't have a problem with nudity, I felt like the pay and the timing wasn't set up properly for what was required of the role. So 
you know, you have to weigh a lot of um, things when you're making choices about the types of roles that you accept, let alone um, the things that you don't get offered in the first place. What you've described takes so much personal reflection and strength. Where did that come from? How did you develop that? Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, there is a lot of personal reflection every single day. You know the thing that I think people um, people may not realize when it comes to being an entertainer is every single role or job that you take, it's literally like you're in this maze. <laughs> I'm moving my hands in a maze shape. <laughs> it's like you're in a maze and every role you get, you're choosing whether to go left whether to go right, whether to turn around, whether to move forward. And um, it's tough because you can be on a certain track and feel really comfortable there. And then an amazing opportunity comes and now you have to go left. And going left um, might be excellent for your career, uh, but for your um your life, you have to like really think now, if I do this, then that means I have to change this. Like every audition, every, um, offer, every opportunity means you have to recalibrate. It might mean, where do I have to live? Do I have to move to another state? Um, what, who do I have to work with? Am I going to have to work with a new set of people? You know, it's, you have to recalibrate and that's something that's different. I say, (laughs) uh, for any of the, the tax, or, or accounting interested students at the end of the year as an entertainer, I get probably 30 plus, uh, W2s and 1099s at the end of the year, whereas the average person gets one, maybe two, depending on how many jobs. So you're constantly doing paperwork. You're constantly, um, starting over and, or doing jobs that might only take two days versus a job that takes 30 days versus a job that takes three months. Um, so there's a lot of change. I don't know how I've adapted to the change. Sometimes I think I'm better at it. Some days I'm better at change than others. I'm not sure where I got that from, to be honest. (laughs) But I think it's one of the things we've all focused on is, especially post or as we're coming from a significant part of COVID, is that resilience and that accepting change as part of what we need to do as we move forward. Yes, I actually used... Um, this time of not having to be in one particular place. And I, I used the time to make a move and I, I made a huge pivot in my life. And I moved uh, from New York to North Carolina. And um, probably about three months later, I ended up booking a television show. So sometimes you have to make chance, take chances and sometimes you turn lemons into lemonade. Well, you've been wonderful at taking chances and doing exactly that and succeeding as you take those chances. I want to change to something a little different. You know, like many entertainers, you've used your fame and financial resources to do good. You mentioned at the beginning that your father was from West Africa. I believe he was from Liberia. And you have been involved in supporting education there. Tell us a little bit about that and what that means to you. Yes, I'm very excited to be um, currently on the board of directors for the uh, LEAD uh, Monrovia Football Academy. And this school 
is uh, it's a it's a small but growing school um, founded in I believe 2016. I got involved in 2017. Uh, wow, it's been a lot of time. I just thought about that. And the school um, is beautiful. It allows um, these young students to get a formal education, life skills, and also um, training in soccer. They learn about competition. They learn about teamwork. Um, and they're getting this great op um, opportunity, this great education and meeting all kinds of interesting um, people, international people coming in to speak with them and life skills. And it's it's beautiful. I think um, these young people will be the foundation of the future of Liberia and uh, the future of, of West Africa. Some of the, the smartest, most beautiful students ever. I'm so thrilled to be a part of uh, Monrovia Football Academy. That's fantastic. And you mentioned earlier about playing Little League. So what position did you play? Well, so in Little League, I was in cheerleading. They were, you know, it was ah. football. they had football in it and I was a cheerleader on Little League. Um, I My dad loved soccer and um, I wish that, um, you know, all these years of Broadway, I say being on Broadway for many, many years, it's like being a football player. So you go from team to team to team and there's always random injuries and different things like that. I wish my, my knees were better. I would probably be doing a lot more soccer myself. <laughs> well, you can come back to Agnes Scott and play soccer with our team at Agnes Scott. Oh yeah, Scott. bring me back. Let's do it. Let's do it. We, we would love that. We would love that. Well, as we're beginning to wrap up, I was going to ask you on your life journey, what has surprised you about yourself? Oh, wow. What has surprised me about myself? I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. I think I'm surprised at how resilient I am, surprised at how I can focus so much on the yeses. I'm surprised at how young I feel and young I am. I was uh, class of 2000 for Agnes Scott, and I left school early uh, during my junior year uh, to pursue acting. And sometimes I feel younger now than I did then, um, very energetic and full of ideas. And my goal is just to stay as organized as possible so that I can execute those ideas. I think that the thing that um, surprises me the most about myself is just about, not just myself, but all of us in general, right? A lot of you listening are students, um, you may be young professionals, and you feel like you've got to reach like this, you know, 30 under 30 or millionaires under 30, whatever. There's these lists that that make um, people, particularly young women, feel as though, you know, once you're over the age of 25, like it's all over. <laughs> and it's so not true. Um, you know, we all watched Oprah Winfrey uh end her television show and start a new television network um, a few years shy of 60. You know, we can always um, grow and improve and change and just know and understand that um, you will feel and be a lot younger than you think you will. Like when you're, you're 19, you know, 20 and you're in college and you're looking ahead, you think that a certain age is old, but it's, it's really not, you know, so be prepared to be still feeling the same way that you felt then and still having some of the same emotions and, you know, ups and downs that you had, uh, except now you're just better equipped to, to manage it. So I'm, I'm surprised at how, how young and vibrant I feel. And, and I'm very thankful 
for it as well. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on our show, and you've provided some wonderful advice. Uh, Do you have any last words of encouragement to our listeners? Uh, This has been really, really great. Um, Before I give my final words on the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much to all the Scotties who have supported me by watching The Wonder Years I hope that you continue to watch the show on ABC or stream it on Hulu if you haven't had a chance to see it. And and uh, thank you also to those who uh, watched Delilah or In the Dark or if you streamed Double Play, <laughs> whatever. I just really, really, truly appreciate the support. And I just want to say to those of you who are interested in a career in acting, singing, um, the arts, you know, sports, entertainment, um, any of those types of uh, fields or any field that you may have a focus on or desire to, to, to work in or, you know, make as your career or life goal, be sure to have something else that brings you joy, something else that, um, that you have a part in creating for yourself. Um, I don't think, I don't advise young people or mature people, older people, whomever is getting into this type of business to simply wait on someone to discover you. I really advise you to always find ways to make opportunities for yourself and and do things that bring you just do things that bring you joy. We can get really caught up in, you know, returning emails and, and doing paperwork and, and wanting to keep up with the Joneses. And, and I encourage you all to find joy in the simple things, um, find joy in nature, take time to find joy in nature, take time to breathe, to just breathe and focus on yourself and your, um, your peace, your inner peace, because no matter what uh, career path you're on, be it the arts, sciences, literature, engineering, whatever, whatever career path you're on, you're going to have to um, be at peace with yourself in order to get up and live your life every day. So I encourage, I encourage us all, myself included, to keep and find joy. Seikhan, thank you so much for your time. To our listeners, I hope you were encouraged and inspired. I know I have been. Seikhan Sambal's journey is one of many that we can't wait to share with you. Thank you for joining us. I also want to thank our producer, Sydney Perry, for making this podcast possible. I am Leocadia Zak, and this is Journeys to Leadership. Looking for more content? Check out Leading Everywhere, the Agnes Scott College podcast, a show that shares the stories of the campus community students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.